welcome to another episode of the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. This is episode 62. If you're keeping track, this is season two, episode 12. I'm Craig. I'm Britt. Britt, we're back for another week of DFS and silly fantasy football fun Yeah. after week two. Um, but as we always start, we're going to find out what we're drinking. Well, after after a, a uh, very interesting weekend that you and I both had, and we won't go into detail as to why... Um, I am drinking vitamin water zero during this particular episode. Uh, I'm on that weirdo diet. I had more than my share of alcohol between Saturday and Sunday. So I am in detox mode. Nice. Um, what have you got? Yeah. Same kind of thing with me. This is actually a Smirnoff pint glass. So you would actually think I'm drinking a pint of vodka. That would be awesome. Which for the week I had, I might as well be. Yeah. But, um, I am giving my, uh, body a break from alcohol this week so this is just water there you go well i will say is you know some folks out there know um we had a we had a really wild week last week particularly craig um and i just want to say a thank you to uh, our friends in the industry on twitter because we do a lot of work with a lot of different podcasts cross promotional stuff and the moment i said guys we need to take a break we've got something serious going on this end the outpouring of support from the other podcasts was fantastic so thank you to all of you guys out there um, doing your other podcasts and who have helped us to promote to, to let us take a brief break while we dealt with some serious issues. But we are back. Yes, we are. Issues, issues be damned at this point. We are we are back. And how was your week two in DFS and fantasy? Um, season long, I lost. Okay. In both my leagues, sadly. Right. Uh, DFS, I almost broke even. That was bit, me too. A little bit under, a couple dollars under breaking even. I think I was less than five under five dollars under break even, which for the amount we play is pretty much break even. Yeah. So, um, you did win in the industry draft we have with the beat the beat the fantasy football addicts. We did score our first win there. We are one and one. Nice. Thank you, Travis Kelsey, for putting up thirty points and bailing out the rest of our very average team. <laughs> um, but that was good. So we we did that. Um, I lost again in my season long. I am 0-2 for the first time that I can remember in a long time. And I am playing the second highest scoring team in the league this week who just lost by scoring 150 some odd points. So, nice. and lost to somebody who scored 180, excuse me. Don't you love when that happens? Uh, so I am the target of desire right now. So I'm in trouble. Uh, I had for the second straight week, I had an, a running back leave game because of injury. I lost uh, Leonard Fournette in week one. I lost Dalvin Cook in week two. Now, supposedly both will be back this week. Fingers crossed. Allegedly. Fournette practiced today. I don't know if Cook practiced today. I should try to find that out. But, uh, you know. And Joe Mixon. Joe buddy. Mixon. Oh, the train. Train got the train, the train. The train is not derailed. It's not derailed. The it's... train has been held at the station <laughs> for a maintenance issue. What bothered me today was ESPN sent a headline to my phone and the headline read, Joe Mixon says he'll be back when he feels comfortable. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that freaking mean? What he's had some time to put up his feet and he feels good about coming back? I, get back to work, Mixon. <laughs> yeah, I really. You know. So anyway, let's let's move on to burning hot take questions. I'm okay. going to let Craig throw one out first. All right. And then we have one from our, our, our non-present pool. Okay. Uh, so my question is, is Josh Gordon's career saved now? That he's going to the Patriots. I think. I think historically, the Patriots have done a very, very good job with um, rescuing folks. Uh, remember when Randy Moss went there? There was a lot of questions over Randy Moss's uh, desire to play. Right. Um, trying to think of who else. Uh, Corey Dillon. Corey. Well, Corey Dillon. He had a couple good years there. He did. And after he ripped his 
jersey. Up. I mean, sure. yeah, but I mean, in terms of like troubled players, their system is pretty solid. I think if he can't succeed there, he won't be able to succeed. Period. What do you think? Uh, yeah, if that was going to be a team that would write his career, that would be it. That's where I would want to go. Um, there was talk of him going to Dallas. That would be the wrong place to go. Agreed. That would not save his career. Uh, do you think they got enough as a five pick? A good, a good trade off. I think. Well, I'm hearing rumors now. It's a seven. Okay. There was a snafu with the paperwork that came out today. The NFL was saying, while Josh Gordon was cleared to practice with the Patriots, the trade wasn't finalized. And I don't know what the snafu was, but there was rumor that the Patriots could not give a five for some reason here. Possibly, it might be tied up in another uh, conditional pick or something like that. And so they had settled on giving them a seven. But I have not seen the final numbers on that, so I honestly don't know how true that is. Okay. Um, so, But yes, I think, I think at a five, he's a value. I think at a seven, he's a value. I mean, you can get decent players in that range, but if he's going to show up and work out, then yeah, he's uh, it, it's good to go. I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic. So, okay. So on to question number two, um, we're going to talk, uh, well, let's not go there. Now. <laughs> my, my, I, I, something I have on the agenda for later just popped in my head as a burning hot take question. And that's part okay. of why we do burning hot takes is that they, um, they're supposed to be random and off the top of our heads. I'm looking at our CBS sports Home league. Okay. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been off the charts, unbelievably good. Yep. But do you know who the number two fantasy quarterback is in a in a standard scoring league? Um is change it, the P well it doesn't really matter for PPR. No, for not him. really. Uh is it Blake Bortles? It is not Blake Bortles. <laughs> Blake Bortles is number eight on this list, but he's number one in our hearts. <laughs> And that's all that matters. The bottom line is Blake Bortles is right behind Cam Newton, but then this time next week, he'll be ahead of everybody. So no. And that's why this is a shocking question. So okay. it's it's not it's not anybody we had in our top five. All it's right. it's Pat Mahomes. The is Chiefs it? quarterback has eighty one fantasy points in two weeks. That's pretty crazy. So I'm looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick and Pat Mahomes. Okay. Number one and number two, and granted, we're only two weeks in. I get that. Right. Of those two guys. Yep. Who ends up with a better overall season, presuming health remains okay? Uh, in my history of watching Ryan Fitzpatrick, I would say uh, Mahomes. So let's ask this question, honestly, without looking mm -hmm. at anybody else and just nope. guesstimating. Yep. Where do you think he ends up? Is he a top Mahomes? 10? Yeah, is he a top 10 fantasy quarterback this year? If he keeps up his current trend, definitely. If he keeps up the current trend and Fitzpatrick <laughs> falls off, he's going to be number one. He's going to be QB1. But, I mean, he's he's got eight more points than Roethlisberger. He's got 12 points more than Cousins. And, again, this is in our home league, so it's CBS scoring. He's got uh, Rivers by 14. He's got Drew Brees by 16. And everybody else he's got by 20-plus. Uh, just for the record, he is officially 22 points ahead of Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. <laughs> answer to every question is always Blake Bortles. That's the right. answer to this question should have been, who is QB number eight right this second? <laughs> and the answer is Blake Bortles. I have put out a feeler because Blake Bortles keeps coming up. He does. And I love doing the stupid Blake Bortles voice, which people have told me is very annoying. So that's why I keep doing it. Good. Um, that means they're listening. That means, that means <laughs> someone out there who's a human is listening. Um, I I have invited our good friend, Sean, who is the Blake Bortles whisperer, to join us in the booth. I have wait, I'm waiting for confirmation from him. So hopefully he gets back to me. So I, I don't know that Pat Mahomes can keep this up, but he's obviously off to a fantastic start. Uh, they're 2-0, and oh, and they're, they won games against teams that they were supposed to lose to. Um, I mean, oh, I'm trying to remember who they, they beat Pittsburgh this week. Who did they beat in week one? Oh, the Chargers. 
Yeah. The Chargers. The Chargers were supposed to be this offensive machine that no one was going to be able to stop this year. A lot of people picked them to pick the AF- to win the AFC West. They couldn't. Now, get do you think teams. Mahomes' success is based off of who he's playing? In like the Steelers' secondary was pretty banged up, and the Chargers' defense is nothing to write home about, in my opinion. Um, so, like, you think if they play the Rams, is well, they're going have... at some point, right? They've got to play somebody decent eventually. <laughs> Maybe. Let me, let me pull up his schedule while we're talking about it. All right. So let's see. All right. So you tell me. I'm going to pull up his game log, which tells me future games. You tell me where Pat Mahomes slips. Okay. All right. So week three, they're home against San Francisco. I think he can handle San Fran. I mean, they're okay. they're a decent defense, but I'm not scared. Then they're at Denver. Hmm. I'm more worried about the crowd and the crowd, crowd noise. Thin air. So that may be it. That right. But here's your wall. Home against Jacksonville week five. That's where I think reality comes crashing in because Jacksonville's defense is really not that bad. Oh God. Oh. Then we gotta go to New England. Okay. Then we host Cincy. So we're gonna host Cincy in week seven on October twenty first after back to back games against Jacksonville and New England. I am going to say without injury, that game is going to be a shootout. How's the weather uh, there in late October? Oh, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. 60 degrees, probably goes down to 55, 40 tops. I mean, it doesn't freeze. It's going to be nice. It's going to be nice. So, all right. So that's, we got to find a, if you're not working that day, we have got to find a happy place to go watch that game. Jacksonville right now has the fifth ranked defense since he's 27. They don't play in top 10 week. Really? The next time they play a top 10 defense after Jacksonville is Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland is the seventh ranked defense right now. According to this. CBS must uh. be on crack. <laughs> that must just be secondary. It's opponent rank. That must just be secondary rating because the Cleveland secondary is not terrible when you use it. But all right. So the burning hot take question number three comes to us from the interwebs right. where our friend Cinch reached out and said, hey, I haven't been on in a couple of weeks. Uh, so I will send a question yeah, while Craig is looking it up. Uh, we'll say hi to Deb and hi to hi Cinch. Um, I hope everybody is doing well and had a good week too. So what is Cinch writing us um, about? So his question is, who is the next NFL player to retire mid-game? Yeah, the Vontae Davis thing, right? Is it Vontae Davis? Yes. Okay. I'm bad with names in case anyone hasn't noticed that yet. Um, yeah, that was shocking to me. That was absolutely shocking to me. I don't think I've ever, obviously I've never seen it before and I don't think I'll ever see. But you know what? I can't say that. I cannot say that because there was the Victor Zambrano. Yeah, Vontae Davis. Vontae Davis. Okay, good. I just want to make sure I have the name right because as we all know, who's that guy is a thing. Um, I never thought I would see a guy run off a field never to return again after Victor Zambrano did it for the Mets. I think it was early 2000s and... He was pitching and he kept stretching out his shoulder and the trainer came out and took a look at him and the trainer said something to him and uh, he shook it off. He ended up striking out a guy to end the inning. He immediately ran off the mound, cradling his pitching arm, didn't even stop in the dugout, went down the stairs and straight into the hallway and we never saw him in a uniform again. Whatever he did was, was career ending. He was done. I didn't think I'd ever see anything weirder than that. This was weirder. This was way weirder. I don't know that we'll ever in my lifetime see another player pull a stunt like this. I don't. Um, so I think I'm shocked that it happened at all, let alone will happen again. Yeah, I can see it happening after a game, not mid-game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like there was something else going on with him that he that he that whatever happened in that first half of the game just put him over the edge. Yeah, and how bad are the Bills that you reach a point where you're Are the Bills the through? new Browns? The Bill, the, I think they might be worse. I think this. I don't know if this Bills team is going to win a game. I really don't. I, I mean, not not at all. 
I, no, I mean, <laughs> let me see if I can pull up their schedule real quick. I just don't see it. I don't see. We got to find out where their win is. And we'll be fair. So, okay, so here we go. I hate when Google pulls up this thing like this because it's it's two columns. So am I reading left to right? I mean, okay, I was right. So they're at the Vikings this week. Loss, right? Mm-hmm. At the Packers. Loss. loss. Hosting the Titans. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. That's a maybe. Maybe at it's the a Texans. tie. Maybe it's a tie. At the Texans. Loss. Loss. At the Colts. Loss. Hosting the Patriots. Loss. Hosting the Bears. Loss. At the Jets in November. I'll give it a maybe, but I think the Jets are better than we thought they were going to be. Jags at Bills in November. That's a loss. Bills at Dolphins. That's a loss. Jets at Bills on December 9th. Oh, weather's always a factor. This is where the weather has to come into. That might be it. That might be my guaranteed win game. Oh, no, there it is the week after. Oh, God. Mark your calendars, folks. December 16th at 1 p.m., Lions at Bills. Oh, God. The free-floating, I'm not sure who our running back will be this week, probably someone out of the stands, Lions, <laughs> will visit the, we know who our running back is, we just hope he doesn't end up in jail, Bills. Then after that, they're at the Patriots and hosting the Dolphins. So let's presume the three or four questionable games we have go all their way. That puts them at 4-12. and 12. I, Yeah. Yeah, no. There's a possibility you, they could go winless. Do you think... Like Josh Allen is just not going to be enough to correct them. No, he's not. But I think they know that. I think they know that. And I think they are tanking. I think they are playing for a draft pick. I think. And you know what? This is the worst thing. I'm pretty sure that, again, with their scouting and everything, they know exactly who they want at the one pick. Unless somebody shocks us during the college football season. We're two weeks in the college football, too. Um, I think they already have a draft plan and say, we're going to pick one or two based on how things shake out, and here's the guys we're looking at. I think they do. I think this is one of those situations where they're already playing for 2019. So, Browns yeah. have been doing that for seven or eight years yeah, now. Yeah, so eventually it works. It, they've built up some talent. They've built that The Browns are not a completely untalented team, but they're young, and we have got to get, Tyrod has got to go. There is no reason you're 0-1-1, yeah, You're, what's with all the ties? <laughs> two two week two ties in two weeks. If there's a tie this week, I'll be shocked. Which is killing survivor pools. Yes. Because survivor pools aren't your team can't lose. Your team has to win. So in week in week one, a lot of people took Pittsburgh over the Browns. I'm in the FanDuel freebie survivor pool. There yep. was three hundred and ten thousand of us. After week one, there was only two hundred and twenty thousand. Of those 80,000, 90,000 that dropped, I guarantee at least three quarters of them were on the freaking Steelers. More than likely. Then this week, you got Green Bay and Minnesota, and they tie. So you had a few people who probably dropped out there because that's a no-win yeah. situation. We're down to like 150,000 people. That's in this. crazy. It's only week three. Half of the pool is gone. <laughs> and this that's is a $250,000 first place pool, and nice. I'm still alive in it. Hey, nice. I'm still alive in it. I can't remember who did I use. I used New Orleans in week two. Okay. And in week one, I used whoever was playing the Bills. (laughs) (laughs) Is that going to be your thing Was that the Ravens? The Ravens. And then the Bills played the Chargers last week. Right. And that was the week the Ravens put up 40 on. It was like 41 to three. So that was a a cruise game. Last week was a nail biter because New Orleans was was trailing. So that was a bit of a nail biter for me. But um, I don't even remember who I picked this week, but... I, I just kind of just look at it and I just go with it. I'm not, I don't overthink survivor, like overthink fantasy. So, all right, moving forward, let's talk about week three DFS. Like we said, week two was exceptionally average to sub average of the four value picks. I posted on the website, only one made value. Um, that was Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, 
it was it was not. But here's the thing: I targeted that Kansas City Pittsburgh game, and man, did that pay off! No, that was the shootout we all expected it was going to be. Um, Craig and I were out doing our serious business on Sunday, and at one point he said to me, "How's how's things going in Pittsburgh?" And it goes because I took the over, and I was like, "It's only the third quarter, and you're done. You're already safe." <laughs> nice. I mean, at that point, it was like a combined like total of fifty eight or fifty nine, and I was like, "What was the over under?" And he was like, "Oh, fifty two, fifty three. I'm like, "Oh, you're all set. You're all set. Unless they invent yep. a way to take back points, like it's freaking <laughs> jeopardy." I mean, the way the NFL rules are going, they might. <laughs> you never know. But uh, so week three looks a little bit better. I have my value plays in front of me. Um, we're finally get some separation in my predictive index and in the salaries as quarterback go. I've got a couple of different guys at quarterback. I've still got 31 quarterbacks scheduled to make value at three, three X every quarterback in the league. That's I impressive. have with the exception <laughs> of one. And I'm not going to make Craig guess it's Sam Bradford. <laughs> Sam Bradford is the only guy I'm not predicting to make value on draft. He's still starting. Yes. He's still start Arizona, right? Yes. Yep, he's still there, and they're hosting the Bears, who were not sloppy defensively against Seattle last week. So, yeah, by the way, quick aside, I know we're only two weeks in. I'm probably jinxing myself, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, to that that wonderful gentleman who called us all sorts of word names and four-letter <laughs> words, because David Johnson is a no-question stud. He's not even in the top 10 after week two. No. Um, and, and he's complaining about back stiffness. Oh, is he? So, oh, yeah. Not enough to sideline him, but enough that they're enough keeping that's an eye on him. him. Yes. So, um, you know, for when we said David Johnson was at best the number four RB, right now we're on a trend to be accurate. Now I say that, and David Johnson is going to break off a forty-five point week this week, and you know, right. go, run into the touchdown. That's the way it looks right now. Right. He's going to run into the the end zone with a touchdown, rip off his helmet, and go f you, Brit. Um, but you know, and I hope he gets better and I hope he is better, but it, right now we look a little bit smarter on David Johnson. We don't look bit. so smart on Zeke. No, we were big on Zeke. We were. Uh, and, and so, but anyway, so just, just as a side note there and, and at, at round week eight, we'll reassess the David Johnson index. But I tell you right now, I will be happy to send a direct message to that gentleman and ask him how he's doing at week <laughs> eight if this continues. So, all right. So at quarterback, I've got, uh, four names that I've got at the top of my list. One of them is Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I don't trust him. So I'm not using Fitzpatrick. Um, I'm also a little bit gun shy on um, Ben Roethlisberger after last week. I think Pittsburgh is going to come out, and I think Brown's going to demand the ball. So, and I think that's going to be good for Ben. But drama, I'm still, drama, and it's Tampa. This team gave up 40 points to New Orleans outdoors. No one scored. New Orleans didn't score on anybody outdoors. That, yeah. That's their kryptonite being outside of their dome. So. Um, so Roethlisberger is on my list. I've got Tom Brady in my sights because they're playing at Detroit. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick's up there, but I'm not using him. The guy I'm using is Matt Ryan because it's New Orleans at Atlanta. And if you thought Pittsburgh, Kansas City had shootout potential, this that game has, has shootout written does. all over it, all over. It. I we have not get it. We have not gotten to over under yet. We will get to over under. Um, I have not looked, but I am already telling you, I'm taking the over in that game. No, oh, definitely. Unless it's three digits, I'm taking the over in that game. <laughs> the, the, no question in my mind that that is a solid bet. Now, I say that watch could be 14-7, but I, I think that's going to be a shootout. Three so. to two. So who do you like a quarterback this week in, in DFS? Uh, Anyone in particular? Any of the names I mentioned? You noticed I did a, not say Blake Bortles. You did not say Blake Bortles, nor did you say Andrew Luck. <laughs> no, but Andrew Luck is high in my index. He's just not high, high. I mean, the four guys I gave you are all predicted to go 4X. I've got Andrew Luck at about three and yeah. a half. I've got him at 21 um, points. 
you know, if you're looking, if you're looking at matchups and to save money on DFS, yeah. um, I don't think Goff's a bad choice. I feel like that's going to be another high-scoring game. Well, here's my issue with Goff. Goff is 5,900 on DraftKings, mm-hmm. but Matt Ryan's 57. Oh, so yeah, I'm that's look, true. That's You're looking really, to save money. That's, yeah, that's, that's really why that Matt Ryan... And again, I get it. Their offense still looks wicky. So you're right. Goff's not a bad choice. Who are they playing? Uh, the Chargers. Oh, they're hosting the Chargers, and they're home. How does, how's that a home game for either side? They're both... Home yeah, home. I don't anyway. know. So I really like Fitz. I like I like Fitzpatrick. Oh my God! I almost just said that. Matt Ryan is my pick at quarterback, but I I think Jared Goff has some sneaky value. He might be a really good tournament play. Yeah, Craig has turned out to be a, a better tournament player than I am by a mile. So um, moving on the running backs, um, that's really your number one uh, in the value <laughs> indicator. Yes. Wow. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I, I okay. I listen to a lot of guys who do a lot of different projections. You do. I take in a lot of different numbers. You do. People have been talking up Alfred Morris. That's why Craig's reacting. Alfred Morris is my top value at running back. Um, Kansas City can't stop a snail. <laughs> let's just let's just put it that way. I mean, their their defense is. They're still using the Marty Schottenheimer school attack. Yeah, one. absolutely. They they just it, it's porous. Um, and it's, it's a bend, not break defense that breaks all the time. So I, I, I think they're still kind of learning how to play together. I think in a couple of years, they might be really good. Um, but yes, yeah, so Alfred Morris gets a huge bump there. This is this, this bumps are primarily matchup based. Uh, I, I have both Peyton Barber and James Connor in my value plays because I think that that is going to be Connor's price keeps going up. Yes, and he is not a significant value, but he's in my value place. But he also was one of the guys I missed on last week. He disappointed last week against Kansas City. So here we are saying Alfred Morris can have a big game against Kansas City. James Conner didn't. But part of that is because they got down early. Don't forget that game. Well, you you were busy. That game was 21-0. Oh, is that how it started? started. Oh. Yes. The Chiefs well, went right then. for the throat. And then at halftime, Big Ben rallied them, and they got back to 21-21. And that was it. After that, the, the Chiefs just kind of pulled away. But, you know, for a while there, they were throwing the ball like crazy. That's why Roethlisberger's numbers were so high. So I don't know that I'm, I'm sold on Alfred Morris. The, the experts seem to be, but... How do you feel about Breda? I, I got to see it a couple times more. I, I mean, yes, he's a great tournament play. I can't put him in a cash game right now. He's not reliable, particularly with Morris sitting there. I, he's just not reliable. Uh, you know who I really love this week? I love Corey Clement. Jay Ajayi did not practice on Wednesday. Um, if he does not go out there, then Corey Clement is going to get the lion's share. And I am not afraid of the Indianapolis Colts defense at all. And Corey Clement is cheap. What is he at? 4,300 on DraftKings. That, that is, that is value added right there. As my brother would say, <laughs> um, Peyton Barber is only 3,800 Morris is 3,700. So there's, there's cheaper guys out there. Um, I also, I'm looking at Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis disappointed me last week and they're at Jacksonville. So, eh, perceive a caution, but Isaiah Crowell, I love Isaiah Crowell. I will definitely have some shares of Isaiah Crowell in, um, in my DFS this week because the jets are going to Cleveland. They are. And what running back knows the Cleveland field fans and feels more comfortable there than Isaiah Crowell? Yes, since he was there for a while. Yes, and he was pretty much the only reason to have a player of last year from the Cleveland Browns. Yes, he um, was. <laughs> you know, so I kind of like the Crow this week um, a great deal. Um, 
Kenyon Drake has kind of moving up my board, but he's a little expensive at 5,600. But Isaiah Crow at 4,500 if you're looking for a mid-range value. This week, as we go on to it, we're gonna, I'll talk strategy really briefly at the end. But I'm looking to diversify. I want to use a value quarterback. I definitely want to use at least one stud running back. Uh, but I also want to use uh, one or two value running backs um, to try and save up because some of these guys could break break loose. I mean, if I got to use James Conner and Isaiah Crowell or Deion Lewis and Isaiah Crowell to open up salary so that I can have Alvin Kamara in the flex or Todd Gurley in the flex, that's what I'm going to do, you know? So, I mean, those those are definitely yeah, I mean, Generally, you like having a running back in the flex spot. I usually do unless there's a unless I am strapped poor and flex is usually one of the last ones I finish, particularly if I have a super great I, and I, this week I do. I have a value defense and a value tight end that I'm definitely using in a lot of lineups. Um, so when that happens, I'll fill in those two to see how much I can save. And sometimes I open up that flex spot and there's just a wide receiver staring at me that at that value is better than the other available running backs. And I don't mm. want to change what I've done with my lineup. But sometimes I will be like, wait, oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go back and change other stuff. So depends on the situation. You, if you switch to wide receivers, Craig, you will be thrilled to see the name at the top of the wide receiver board. I'm a little salty and a little concerned, but you will be happy to see who the the value indicator is. The metric is telling us is the, the best Tyler value. Boyd. Tyler freaking Boyd. Can you tell me the last time A.J. Green had two massive games in a row? Because I can't think of it. It's been a couple of years. He tends to have a quieter game after a big game, and he caught, what, three touchdowns last week? Yeah, in the like, first half. Which was <laughs> glorious. <laughs> well, that's right. Britt found a new game to play. Oh, yeah. I, I'm doing the showdown mode now on uh, DraftKings. I have yet to lose a double-up on showdown nice. mode. I am uh, three for explain three. Explain what that is really quick. Okay, so showdown mode uses different salaries. So the salaries you hear us talking about do not apply. It is six players total. You have one you have to designate as a captain. The captain... Does not get a hat and an eye patch, but oh. he does. You you get charged double his salary, but you get one and a half times the normal points. So touchdowns instead of being six are now nine. Okay. So if you can get somebody in there who's going to really produce, the extra salary is absolutely worth it. So and they're doing single game as well as weekend long matchups, and hmm. every other position is is eligible in a flex. It's everything. It's like a super flex. You can use quarterbacks, defenses, anybody. So the Cincinnati, who did they play the other the other night, that Thursday night game? Cincy. Um, oh, you're the Cincy fan. You should know this off the top <clears throat> of your head. I should. Was it the Ravens? Yes. So Cincy Ravens was a single game showdown. I just say, I want to try out this mode. So I open a $2 double up. I had a real strong feeling about AJ Green. So I chucked him into the captain's lineup, which raised his salary to like 10K. I'm like, there goes a quarter of my salary. Right. But he scored like 57 points in the freaking format because he was getting points and a half. So every time he's catching a touchdown, he's scoring 10 points. He's getting, I'm sorry, 10.5. He's getting a point and a half for catching the ball. He's getting nine points for getting in the end zone. And he's scoring me 10 and a half points based on touchdowns alone. He was plus 33. <laughs> That's amazing. It was, br- I was like, I never, there was never a point in that game where I was outside the money because he was for the, and, and in the top two and the worst part ready. Mm-hmm. I didn't win that pool. You I didn't? finished second. Wow. It was a double up. I finished second because some crazy jerk out there put AJ Green in one. Then you found a way to use both Joe Flacco and Andy Dalton. Oh, even with their inflate. And then you scrubs. He was like Mohammed Sanu, who again had like two catches, but he only cost a thousand dollars. So he makes value. He finishes ahead of me. 
but it's a double up. So what the hell do I care? Right. So I really like this mode. I'll use it periodically. If it's not a matchup I love, I won't touch it. Um, the other day I opened it up and it was like the, the matchup is Seattle and Chicago. No, I can't no. do that. Now who am I putting in the captain spot there? No, 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 dude. <laughs> and if you've got a value play you think is going to go off, you got a stretch guy that you really like. It's just epic genius. So, all right. So anyway, back to the rankings. And these are guys that it, good example of stretch guys that may pay off. So Tyler Boyd's my number one um, in terms of value. I've got him for about a dozen points, but again, he's only at 3,700. So that makes him a value play. Same vein as Dante Moncrief. I think uh, Keelan Cole is going to draw a lot of attention. So I think Moncrief's numbers have a chance to creep up. Um, the the machine is telling me DJ Moore is a value play. I am not sold on DJ Moore yet. Not sure about that one. All right. So I'm kind of cautious. And then lastly, Paul Richardson. Um, you know, particularly John Hansen, the fantasy guru, fantasyguru.com, talked up Richardson a lot this week. Um, at one point, he called him the only wide receiver you can trust in Washington. Yep. And he, he pointed out one really great stat on his show, and that was last week in week two, Paul Richardson was on the field for 90% of Washington's offensive snaps. Snap count matters in DFS. You cannot score points when you are off the field. This and is if, true. If you're on the field for more than 80% of your snaps, you're golden. You're golden. That means you're, you're, you're a necessity. So those are my value plays. What do you like hmm. in value for wide receiver? Uh, let's see here on this fancy list you have. Um, hmm. Wow, those, uh, those prices are pretty low, except yeah, for Antonio I, Brown. I, I found that... that um, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, I found that the studs are really expensive. Yep. Like your Michael Thomas, your Antonio Browns of the world are going to be really freaking expensive. Mm-hmm. And then there's a cliff. There's a lot of good players out there at under $6,000 and some under 5000 Yeah. Um, one we, of the games I'm targeting, again, is the, the Chargers and Rams game. Yeah. Uh, so Big Bob Woods and Cooper Cup. Big Bob. How can, how not, can you argue with Big may Bob? May not be bad. Bad choices. I used to work with a guy named Big Bob at the Bluefish who occasionally listens. Really? So, hi, Big Bob. Hi. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I've got, uh, I'm looking for it right now, John Brown. I have him pegged for about 13 points. That does not give him value, but he's at 4,800. If you're looking for a guy who could potentially go off, he's been very steady. He's clearly the guy Flacco is throwing to, you know? So, I mean, you got to consider that too. I got to find a way to get him off my bench. And who are they playing this week? They're hosting Denver. I'm not really afraid of Denver's defense, Denver's secondary. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But so what my point is, is that there is a lot of stretch value at wideout. So I'm talking about balance, right? I want to use one of my value QBs. I want to use at least one value running back. I'm definitely using one or two value wide receivers because my quarterback, I'm already leaning towards Matt Ryan. If I want to start working on a stack and I can save enough money, there is a stud in Atlanta who might produce really well against New Orleans. If he plays. If he plays because he missed He was held out of practice today, which may or may not be a thing. So we don't know. Anyway, uh, tight end. Um, I've got a couple value plays here. Uh, two of them I don't like. One of them is in Atlanta. <laughs> and the third one's in Atlanta. And there's the conclusion of my stack. I'm not <laughs> thinking about Devontae Freeman or Tevin Coleman. I think this is going to be a passing game. I think New Orleans is going to put points on the board and they're going to force Matt Ryan to beat him with his arm. And Austin Hooper is going to end up being a part of that. So Austin Hooper is my top value. Austin Hooper this week on DraftKings is only 2900 Wow, that's a lot of value there. So do the math. We talk about 3x value all the time. So you divide the salary by 100. So 2,900 becomes 2.9. You multiply it by 3. That's 8.7. 
if Austin Hooper gets 8.7 points this week, he is a value-added person, and now he's freed up money for you to use one of your studs. That you can sit the guys who are going to cost you nine grand, but get you twenty-five points. That's not value because it's not three X. Right. But they're going to be the highest scoring guys of the week. You need those guys in your lineup. You need that. That you need to be able to save money with guys who are going to produce but not cost you a lot, so you can get the guys who cost a lot and produce. Austin Hooper absolutely lets you do that. I'm using Austin Hooper in Everywhere. multiple <laughs> cash games this week. I don't know if I would use him in a tournament. Um, Jake Butt looks like a decent wow, tournament play. And Hooper's like half the price of George Kittle. Yes, yes. He's wow. he's very cheap. Uh, Jake Butt is is only 2700 and he's flying under the radar right now, and Baltimore will give up points at the tight end. So I think that that's a possible tournament play, but I'm definitely using Hooper. Who do you like this week? Uh, well, now that I'm looking at this list, I mean, I was going to say Kittle, but if you're looking for serious value, then Hooper, I mean... Kittle kills 4500 this week. He is. I mean, the big um, guy. The big guy on the list is Gronkowski, and then you got Kelsey at sixty-seven. And, oh, I'm sorry, you got Ertz at sixty-eight. And Gronk and didn't do anything last week. No, he didn't. Gronk is very hit or miss. Yeah, I um, mean Jesse James isn't bad. He's thirty-four hundred. Jordan Reed's not a bad choice at fifty-four hundred as long as he plays. I mean, he's not injured. Don't get me wrong. He's not on the injury list. But every week we go through this with Jordan Reed. Is this the week that he breaks down? As a matter of fact, I just acquired Jordan Reed in our live league. My brother called me. And said, "What would it take to get Allen Robinson from you?" He knows I'm struggling at tight end. I've got, I've got, uh, and Joku and Hooper. Now, of course, Hooper's gonna have a good week. <laughs> and he's like, "Would you take Jordan Reed?" I said, "I will send you Allen Robinson for Jordan Reed because I am super deep at wideout. I have fantastic wideout depth. I don't know how it happened, but I do." And I said, "I'll do it, but I want a conditional pick." If he plays less than eight NFL games in this season, <laughs> you have to send me a twelfth round pick. And my brother was like, "Done." <laughs> He was That's like done. Good, good idea because yeah, you never know. Insurance. You never know how long it's going to last. It's this like is my it's like vacation insurance. And I'm going to run three deep at tight end for a week or two, and then because I don't want to give up on Njoku yet, right? Because I think the moment I, I release David Njoku, they're going to announce Baker Mayfield's the starter, and someone's going to snatch him up. And it's going to cost me my fab to get him back. I don't want to give up on Hooper because I think Hooper is going to have a good season. He's starting to show. Last week was good. He was good last week. I don't remember what he scored, but he scored decently. And I think he's on the uptake. So I'm big on Hooper this week. Um, so, And I think Jordan Reed, if you want to spend up a little bit. Defense. Okay. <laughs> Stay with me here, folks. Because you're not going to believe the words that are coming out of my mouth. I am buying. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and that is Craig getting to that page of the spreadsheet. I am buying on the Dallas Cowboys this week. Okay. Let me tell you why. Yes, they're in Seattle. Yes, Seattle uh, is a miserable place to play football as a defense. Seattle is struggling offensively. They, they are. Their offensive line did not look good. And Chicago against Chicago made them look really inept and unorganized. They almost looked like they had not played together. It looked like a flag football team at my old college campus getting they together to play a game. They just showed up and they are half drunk. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. The Cowboys are $2,200 on DraftKings. If they somehow <laughs> get one defensive touchdown... They have made 3x value. <laughs> All they have to do is a pick six. <laughs> Which has a, happened a lot this year. Or a punt return for a touchdown. They just have to get in the end zone. <laughs> if Dallas does that, then no matter what else happens, they're virtually a lock at 3x. <clears throat> now, there are other guys that cheap. The 49ers are 2,100. But they're playing Kansas City. Kansas City's going to put 40 points on the board. 
Yeah. They still may lose. San Francisco could put 45. And the, and the Bills are playing Minnesota. And that's my next pick. I don't trust the Bills are going to be able to stop Minnesota. And I don't think for a moment the Bills are going to get a defensive touchdown. No. I am putting my eggs on the Dallas Cowboys. Words I never thought I'd say after the Jimmy Johnson era for this week. <laughs> so I so here, so here's my strategy. Here's okay. my DFS strategy this week. I am using Austin Hooper and I am using the Dallas Cowboys. Remember how I said sometimes I fill in flex last because there's value I absolutely want to use and I want to see how much that's this week. Right. I'm plugging in Hooper. I'm plugging in the Cowboys. Now, because I've got Hooper in and I'm smelling the opportunity to stack, I'm plugging in Matt Ryan. So now I've got to fill two running backs, three wideouts, and a flex. And you have a lot of money left and over. And I have a solid amount of money. I'm going to use my value running backs, two of my value running backs in the $5,000-ish range. That is going to leave me easily half of my salary for the wide receiver and flex. So I can go ahead and plug in a Julio Jones if I want. I can possibly play a Michael Thomas and then use two value picks and still have at least six grand, maybe more for that flex position. If I don't want to use a Julio and I want to go mid range wide receivers, like the five or $6,000 variety, I might have eight or $9,000. Now we're talking Kamara. Or Gurley, we're talking a top-ranked running back down there. So I'm looking at that. I'm probably, what I'm honestly going to do is I'm probably going to use two value wideouts and plug in Michael Thomas. That's more than likely what I'm going to do. Um, so, I mean, but the, the, the opportunities are there. If you decide to go value at tight end and defense this week and then look at your quarterback and wide receiver options, you can find stacks in high-scoring games that will help you. So we've got a few minutes left. We do. Um, so before, because we're way ahead on data this month, Craig has found a way to compress files, which is lovely. So speaking of high-scoring games, one of the things yep. we always talk about in conjunction with DFS is um, over/unders. Games that are over fifty okay. are good. Games that are under forty are probably ones you want to avoid. Right. I have the list in front of me. Okay. Do you have the list in front of you? Uh, no, I'm not looking. Okay, you're not looking at all. Well, you've got to look at you got to look at the game list. So oh, can, I'll look at the game list. Right. right. So we're going to play America's favorite game, Stump Craig. (laughs) So while Craig is pulling up a game list, Craig, I will tell you there. Let's start with the bad. Okay. There are two games with sub 40 over unders. One is 39 and one is 39 and a half. So they're not way under, but there are two games in week three that I am kind of sort of fading for the most part. Okay. Tell me what games they are and you get three misses as always. Uh, Bears Cardinals. Incorrect. Bears Cardinals is. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I gotta give you that one back. Right. Bears Cardinals is the only game with no over under line. Okay. So you still have all your strikes left. You cannot guess Bears Cardinals for either plus so or minus. So it's under what? Under forty. Uh, Raiders Dolphins. Raiders Dolphins. Do, 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 where are you? Where are you on my list? The answer is no, but I can't find them on my list. Uh, they're playing Sunday. Oh, there it is. They have a forty-four. Damn. So that's strike one. Titans Jaguars. Titans Jaguars is correct. That is a 39 and a half. I'm a little shocked because I think Jacksonville could put up 39 points on the Titans by themselves. But um, yeah, that's that's a game to potentially fade. And I say that having talked about Deion Lewis and Dante Moncrief. So again, take it with a grain <laughs> of salt. I'm still, I'm, I, there's always that opportunity. So that's one. You got one strike against you. What is the other game under 40? Uh, Cowboy Seahawks. No, that is a 44 and a half. That's strike two. Hmm, tough one. Uh, Giants, Texans. Strike three. Ooh. Uh, that is a 41 and a half. Close. Damn, close. The other one is Jets at Cleveland. Really? 39 points over really? under. 
and hmm. you, you, I, I want you to, I want you to, you're sitting down because we're in the in the booth. I want you to hold on to your chair. Cleveland okay. is favored to win that game by three. What? I'm gonna say that again. The Browns are a three point favorite to beat the Jets at home. And the wow. I'm looking at right now. New York Jets at Cleveland minus three over under thirty nine. Wow. Shocking, right? I would not. I was not expecting you to say that. Would you take the Jets plus three? Yes. I think I would too. Would you take the over or the under if you had to bet that one? 39. 39? Mmm. I would take the over. I think so too. I don't think it's... I, I mean, both defenses are eh. You know, and it's not like it's the middle of December. Right. Like, I mean, the Cleveland can stop the pass. They're good against the pass, but I think Isaiah Crowell is going to run all over them. The Jets have two pretty good running backs. Crowell and Powell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And they've got a young they've got a young quarterback who has no problem being a gunslinger. We nope. saw that already. Um so, by the way, I read one conspiracy theory that somebody said he threw the first pick intentionally because he knew Brett Favre threw a pick on his first <laughs> pass attempt, and he thinks he's the next Brett Favre. That's crazy. <laughs> no NFL quarterback goes out there and throws a pick on his first pass intentionally. All right, uh, so I got four games. Last week where we had nothing, we had only one or two games over 50, I got four. Oh, boy. Four games over right. 50. Go. Uh, Chargers, Rams. <laughs> Chargers, Rams. Where are you? No, 48. Damn it. Right. Shocking, uh, right? I thought for sure that would be a 50 plus. Uh, Saints Falcons. Correct. 53. That's one. All right. He's got one um, down and one strike. Steelers Buccaneers. Steelers Bucks. 53 and a half. Two, two points for Craig. And Pittsburgh's favored by a point and a half in that game, by the way. I don't see that game getting a 53. No. I don't. I know, Fitz, I know Fitzpatrick has been throwing the ball over the place. I think this is the week he comes back to earth. I really seriously do. He, he was a Bengal, folks, and he was a Jet. Yes. This, this happens all the time. This happens all the time. He goes somewhere. He is football Jesus for three weeks, and everyone's like, oh, you got to give him a long-term deal. And then This he is, is what he does. This is what he does. He is a modern-day Bernie Kosar. Bernie Kosar used to swoop in and be backups on teams where he could win a ring. He goes where he's a backup, ends up starting, and somehow gets paid out of it. Yep. He's a smart guy. He is way smarter than anyone <laughs> I know. All right, so that's two. So you got, what you got? You got Pittsburgh uh, and New Orleans. Yep. So there are two more games, and you still have two strikes, too. Ooh. Mm, over 50, huh? Over 50. And you still haven't hit the highest one of the week. There's one that's mm. over under a 56. Really? Yes. Wow. And 49ers you, Chiefs? 49ers Chiefs is an over-under of 56. The Chiefs, so they're saying the Chiefs defense is that bad. Yes. They're going to let the 49ers score 38 points. Yes. Uh, Kansas City is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, which means they got to do the differential. So they're going to outscore them by six-and-a-half. So you got to take three points. So they're talking about Football math. 31-25-ish. Is the final that Vegas is looking at 3125? Is that right? That's a difference of six and a half. That's a difference yeah. of six. And that's 56 points. So can you see a 3125 final in that game? I guess. I, guess I after don't think maybe? it's going to be that close. I think Kansas City is going to run. No, it's it going to be more them. lopsided, but yeah, I, I would I, say like 2810. I think that the I might actually take the under in that, but I don't know. All right. So one more. There is one game left on the schedule. It's a 51 and a half. Hmm. And you still got two strikes. Vikings, Bills. No. <laughs> no Shot are you dark. serious vikings no. bills 41 41 by the um, way minnesota is a 17 point favorite does minnesota beat buffalo by 17 probably i think so i think they probably win that game by 21 um, i'm saying that game's gonna be like hmm. 31 10 i'm gonna say ravens broncos 
Ravens Broncos is a 43. Ooh. No, the correct answer is New England at Detroit. Really? New England at Detroit. I they're so calling for same, shootout. Same kind of thing. They're 51 gonna... and a half, yeah. So, all right, so when you say it, New Orleans and Atlanta clearly smells like a shootout. We've yes. seen these teams give up massive points. We've seen they've got great talent. San Francisco at Kansas City. Kansas City is a shootout in every game because they can't stop anybody. So are you worried, really quick aside, are you worried about the Chiefs like come winter when it starts snowing and they can't throw? I worry about the Chiefs all the time. Um, so they're playing in, let's say hypothetically, they're playing in Cincinnati in the middle of November. That's a great point. And it's point. snowing and it's 20 degrees outside. What happens? I cry. <laughs> I cry inside. Could they I, like? Could Hunt win them a game? I on think his he legs? can. I think. I think they have underutilized Hunt intentionally because the passing game is working so well. Um, I, I do think. I think Kareem Hunt's going to have a good year. I tried to as I was working out the trade with my brother. I did try to weasel Kareem Hunt from him, and it was not happening. So, um, so all right. So you got that that game. New England at Detroit. I just think it's again two defenses that aren't very good. And Pittsburgh at Tampa Bay. Pittsburgh could not stop the Chiefs. Tampa Bay already put up 40 on it, 48 on a bad defense two weeks ago, and Fitzpatrick is throwing the ball all over the place. Yep. And, and, I, add, and in know, the, add in the drama. And we know Pittsburgh's going to score. I really think Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown is either going to be dead quiet and score five fantasy points, or he's going to score 40 this week. I really think he is a, a high floor, high ceiling guy this week just because of all the stuff that's going on. He does not want to be traded. That whole nonsense about wanting to be traded. Yeah, he, they, see what happens when you're on the cover of Madden. That's it. <laughs> that's it. But Pittsburgh is clearly in turmoil. Clearly in turmoil. We have like two minutes left. I mean, you predicted this. This is two years in a row, by the way, that Nostra Craig over here or Craig <laughs> Domus, whatever you want to call him. Either way, he said the Eagles would go to the Super Bowl, and they did. And then he said, "I'm worried about the drama in Pittsburgh." Check the tapes. Go back to episodes like 51 through 55. He says it repeatedly. Yep that he's worried that the drama in Pittsburgh is going to sideline the season and he was going to he was he was fading Pittsburgh across the board. He did not want any shares of Pittsburgh. Nor do I have any of them. Nothing. We have nothing. I don't even use them in DFS. I'll Except Connor. DFS. I'll use Connor. I, I use Connor and Brown because, last week. You know, because Connor, I'll, you know, burned me. No one was really expecting Connor to play anything this year, so Well, that's the question. When at what point did the, at what point is Le'Veon Bell going to show up? Um, I think he's just going to do the whole week 10 thing. So you know what? This is what I'm going to do. All right. I'll put this on the air at the risk of the person who I'm talking about hearing this. Okay. Our buddy who loves, you know, Blake Bortles fan club member 001, Sean, has Bell. And he's already started to express frustration over whether or not it was a good idea to take Bell. I'm thinking about making him an offer on the cheap right now and saying, you go ahead and trade me Bell. I'll send you somebody who's more reliable. Not great reliable. Who's actually starting, though, and playing. Yeah, like, like a Leonard Fournette. Like, I'll send you Leonard Fournette. You need a body? Here's a guy. If he you plays. Can, if I can get him, if, if Fournette has a big week this week, I might make the offer. Because I've got Mark Ingram coming back in week four. So I'll make the, and I can risk Bell. I can risk it. Because going in after week four, in that scenario, I would still have Delvin Cook. I'd have Mark Ingram. I'd have Sony Michelle healthy. I have Austin Eckler, who is somehow I, getting points. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sold on the Austin Eckler experience yet, but I, I sold enough that I drafted him. I drafted him late. Yeah, because I don't I don't know that Melvin Gordon's going to be there much longer personally. And our league has that weird keeper rule. I think I drafted him like the 14th round, which means yeah. if he does like when I got Kamara, <laughs> right, I could keep him for like the next seven years. Um, So I, I, I call up here. 
I'll take the bill risk off your hands. I don't have to worry about it because I've got Ingram coming back. I've got the extra body. I can put somebody on my bench that I can sit there and say he's not going to be usable. And then Bell shows up. The question is, when does Bell show up? How long do you wait if you're a Bell owner before you say, all right, I'm going to unload him for a quality back with issues like, I don't know, Leonard Fournette or Delvin Cook. Both have already missed time this year due to injuries. At what point do you say, I'm cutting my losses and I'm taking the surer thing, even though they're not sure things? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. I mean, do you wait? Like, how long would you wait? That's the, like, And that's the thing. Because if you get to week seven, eight, or nine, right. you might as well wait because you're pretty sure he's going to show up in week 10 because he wants to be a free agent. He's got to play in week 10. He's going to be eligible for week 10 to be a free agent. So you so, know he's going to show up, but right. are you willing to risk, if I offer make this offer in week four, are you willing to give up six weeks of nothingness? Or um, take a it risk? would depend on everyone else on my team. And yeah, like, he's hurting a running back. Yeah. He's hurting. He's hurting. Do I it, would de- it would depend on how deep your uh, your running backs go. I'll pull it up really quick. He's He is hurting at running back. All right. Um, hold on. I go to the tape. Or going, the screen. I'm going to the screen. Go to the map. Go on to the screen. We, we got to wrap up in a minute, but I, I we'll make this happen. We'll make this happen. All right, standings overall. And again, if he listens to this episode, Sean listens like one out of every 10 episodes. So <laughs> if he listens to this episode, I'm screwed for having this conversation now on the air. But I mean, this is something I'm thinking about. Okay, right now in his starting lineup, he has Tevin Coleman and Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Freeman is expected back this week, so that's going to be an issue. On his bench in terms of running backs, obviously he has Rashad Penny who has not turned out to be the lead back. Also hurt. For the first time ever, Pete Carroll said my lead back is Chris Carson, and so far the lead back has been Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's also yeah also dealing with injury. And he's got Le'Veon Bell and LaShawn McCoy. Oh, dear. LaShawn McCoy has the, the cross of death next to his name. <coughs> he was limited today and is officially questionable for week three. Yeah, he has uh, ripped rib cartilage. Wow, he is, he's a mash unit. He's got Doug Baldwin. He's got Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> That's why you never draft Doug Baldwin either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we we don't talk. We talked down those all three of those guys this year. We talked poorly about all three. So if you're Sean, you're going into this week. Essentially, what you've got is Tevin Coleman, Rashad Penny, and Christian McCaffrey. How long are you willing to risk your season? Hmm. This is the the waiting game is one. the key. I think week three or four. If he if he doesn't do well this week, or one of his guys, I make. I you know I might make the offer tonight. I might actually go ahead and do that. You should. That would be great because this releases tomorrow at noon. <laughs> and then, if, you know, I'll know where I stand. Uh, so so you're a desperate I mean, Bell owner. Would you do Bell for Fournette straight up? I would. In his situation. In his situation? He's only got Rashad Penny, Christian McCaffrey, and um, Tevin Coleman right now active and available for this week. I would do it. I mean, he started you Brandon would... Marshall at the flex because he's so thin at running back. Yeah, I would do it with that lineup. I would do it. I might. And I Craig is thinking it. to himself, "I got, I got somebody who's like one notch better than Fournette. I got to send the same <laughs> offer to him right now. Like, who's one notch better than Fournette? I don't know. Who do you got on your team? I have no idea. Um, I may make him the offer tonight. I may just sit there and say, "Hey, you want, you want to take some risk off your head?" Now, I'm zero two in this league. I have run into a buzzsaw. All right. So here's um, here's a question that um, somebody I work with, I know, sort of listens to this podcast. Okay. In his league, should he trade David Johnson if he can get? Travis Kelsey. His other running backs are Connor, Eckler, Bereda, and Clement. Connor, Eckler, Bereda, and Clement. Here's the problem. Or hold on to see what happens with Connor. Here's the problem with that. 
three of those four guys are backups. Right. Eckler and and let's let's Connor's been fantastic, but call him what he is. If Le'Veon Bell walks through the door tomorrow, James Connor is a backup. Um, probably I wouldn't do it personally, and I've been on record about that. But <laughs> so, what so would the trade again be? David Johnson, if you can get Travis Kelsey. So right now, okay. So what's his tight end situation like? Uh, Does know. he say? Oh, he doesn't. Okay. Uh, he'd be trading DJ and Austin Safarian Jenkins for Kelsey. Mm. The wheels are turning. I apologize for That's the silence. Fine. This, there is smoke coming out of his ears. And I haven't had a beer tonight. This is, this why, is sober thinking. Why do we get great trade questions when I'm not drinking? <laughs> I don't know. Damn it. <laughs> I so see. ASJ and DJ for Kelsey. I think he needs to get something back. I think if something, you're giving up like David another, Johnson, now is the time to move David Johnson. I you think, think he needs to get another running back? I think. Well, I think he needs to get something back. I don't think David Johnson... I think David Johnson for Kelsey would be okay, but if you're throwing in a tight end, you're helping him fill the tight end hole... And Austin Safarian Jenkins in Jacksonville, I think, is going to be okay. I think he does need to get a mid-range running back or at least a, a low-level starting running back back. Because here's the thing. Ajayi, when Ajayi is healthy, Clement is not going to be startable. Eckler, I don't know that it's going to continue that he's still startable. It's there. There's just too many question marks around the people he has. Right. But I do like the upgrade from Austin Safarian Jenkins to Travis Kelsey. I would love this trade if he had. If you told me he had Patrick Mahomes at, at quarterback, would love it. I'm a big fan of pairing that up when you have a high volume offense. Oh, definitely. I love combos. Combos when you have. It's got to be high volume. It's got to be like an Atlanta or a Kansas City or a New Orleans kind of thing. Um, like there was a year. I think it was last year. I had Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. Didn't work out exactly the way I wanted it to, but it was great. I was eyeing it again because I had Michael Thomas again. Couldn't get to Brees. Just didn't happen. Right. So, uh, but yeah, you know, I see some, I see some logic. So my official answer to the question is, and who, who is this who wrote this? What's this guy's first name? Uh, Andrew. Andrew, thank you for submitting the question. Um, I, my official answer is I would counter first and ask for a running back in return. Probably a someone in the RB10 to RB20 and RB2 kind of person. If it's a 12-person league, so that's RP12 through RP24, I would ask for somebody like that back. What do you think? Uh, no, definitely. I told him I need to see the rest of his lineup. Yeah, it's really lineup dependent. Some trades you can just sit there and say, wow, that's great value. And if you're telling me it helps you, great. We would need to know the rest of what he's got. So, but and unfortunately, that question will have to, the answer to that will have to wait until next week because we are up to final thoughts. Craig, what have you got? Uh, now that the season is in officially full swing, this is the week where everything's going to, well, this has been a weird season. Generally, week three is usually when things, things start down. to settle down a bit and you can start to see who you want to pick up or who you want to draft for DFS and who you're definitely going to avoid. So definitely this is the week where you start paying attention a lot more because the last two weeks were really, really weird. Yeah. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick looking like Conor McGregor. I don't think that's going to keep, I don't think that's going to keep up. I don't think, well, I, I hope it doesn't keep up too. It's not a good look for him. The, you know, the Conor McGregor look, I don't think Fitzpatrick's going to be able to keep it. I do think at some point bell is going to come strolling through the door. Um, you know, things are going to change this season. Last season, our DFS was really unsettled for like the first six weeks. It was, I dug such a hole for myself financially in the first four or five weeks last year that I pretty much spend weeks eight through 17, digging myself back out. Um, but I think I feel like things are settling in. Things are a little bit more predictable this year. Uh, I definitely think that um, just don't overstretch yourself. That's my final thought. Don't overstretch yourself. Don't panic. No, definitely don't not. Don't throw the panic switch. People not gonna, yet, anyway. 
people are going to look at Austin Eckler and say, oh my God, he's averaging what? I need to go get him. No, no, don't panic. Stay the course. You know, David Johnson, I'm sitting here ragging on him, Mm -hmm. but he's still the best fantasy option on that team. On that team, yes. Larry Fitzgerald is already missing practice. He's hurt. This is Larry's last year. Not Um, good. Yeah, it's he is really the only option in Arizona, and I think much like much like I think Cleveland needs to make the change of quarterback and go to their young rookie. I think Arizona does too. Uh, I don't think you're. I think Arizona and the Bills are playing for last place right now, and I don't think there's a problem with putting out your rookie out there and saying, "All right, let's see what we invested in." You know, there are certain guys who can play that first year, struggle and bounce back from it. I made a passionate case for Darnold starting Darnold. I did it again. Well, same difference. I, for Sam Darnold um, doing that, I, I think it's 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 a good it's a good start for him. But I, I think at this point in the season, I think if you're Arizona, you got to really stop and look and say, well, why did we spend this this pick on this person? We got to start looking at the future, and that means we got to start getting him out there on the field. He's got to get banged up a little bit. He's got to see game action at the NFL speed because there is no comparison, folks, to the NFL speed level and the college speed level. Completely different. Completely different. So you got to see that. And and practice is not going to get that for you. So, all right, we'll end there. Thank you for hanging in with us. Thank Thank you for spending week three. Twitter, uh, at FignutsDFS. Send us a comment. Send us a question, anything you'd like. If you'd like to email us, we are FignutsDFS at gmail.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Player FM or wherever you may listen to us. Um, what did I miss? Uh, I think you summed it all up. Great. Well, then, until next week, I am Britt. I'm Craig. And this is the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. <laughs>